This is Carl the Jackal Frampton. Hi, this is David Healy. Hello, this is Stephen Ferris. Hi, I'm Bethany Ferris. Hi, this is Joey Barton. I'm Jonas Gutierrez. Hi, this is Harry Kuehl. And you're, you're listening, listening to The Score. score. The Score with Michael Clark. Welcome along to The Score with me, Michael Clark. Here's what's coming up on this week's show. After the disappointment of missing out on an Irish Cup final, can Lorne bounce back on their quest for the league title? They stand five points clear at the top with just five games to go. We'll be joined shortly by a man who's just been promoted to full-time first-team coach. That's Gary Haverin. He hopes his hometown team can produce the goods in the hunt for a first-ever Gibson Cup. Hoping to put a spanner in the works this Easter weekend is Glen Torren. They'll be heading to Inver Park tonight. European football is at the top of their agenda. And in a tight top six, their laser focused on maintaining their recent winning run that they have put themselves on. We'll be chatting to club captain Marcus Kane. And we shouldn't overlook the battles in the bottom half. Glenavon looked galvanised lately. Five games unbeaten, including four wins. And a stellar season for striker Matthew Fitzpatrick. He joins us to discuss their mission to clinch 7th spot and a place in the European playoffs. The Score with Michael Clark. Thank you for joining us on this Good Friday. How are you doing? Let us get ready for an exciting night of football. A full fixture list ahead of us in the Premiership. Cliftonville versus Coleraine at Solitude. Will that give us an idea about Cliftonville's ability post split and where they might fall in the equation Uh, Linfield against Crusaders, the Blues whilst they will be hoping Larne have a difficult time of it, know they need to get the job done against Crusaders who are in high spirits after their late late show in the second half of the semi-final, Declan Cadell off the bench to fire them to the final, what a moment for someone who retired at the end of last season for Linfield needing to win you would think to keep the pressure up on the league leaders Carrick Newry Carrick fighting to try and be that team that gets 7th spot trying to close the gap on Glenavon Newry City scrapping with the, the two other teams below them for their place in the Premiership next season Glenavon who we'll be hearing from against Dungannon Swifts on the wrong side of an Irish Cup semi-final result despite their best efforts and Portadown Balamini United. Portadown without Paul McElroy for the next three matches. He's suspended. How much will that hurt them against a Balamini United team who have it all to do really if seventh is to be one back for them? It might just be too much this time around, but they do have the Irish Cup final in their sights and locked in for the start of May. So that is how this weekend is shaping up. Before we get into our guests, I just want to. I've already done it on social media, but I want to make sure to say it on this programme as well. Uh, pass on my sympathies to the family and friends of Aidan Gillen. Aidan sadly passed away on Thursday. The news was announced on social media. Statements issued by 
his former clubs at Dundella, where he had been on loan from Carrick Rangers. But sadly, Aidan, after being in hospital for a number of weeks, has um, passed away. A young man who I didn't know personally, but in the last couple of weeks I've been speaking to both of his managers, I've been speaking to different people that know Aidan, and they all said, incredible young man, hard-working, brilliant friend, determined to be a better footballer, kind, unassuming, and the sort of person you wanted to spend time with. Dundella in their statements that he did all his talking on the pitch, you know, a throwback to a good old-fashioned winger. Uh, Newington fans can remember his heroics in the Steel and Sons Cup final at 21. But what really just stood out to me was that everyone spoke to his character. And one person said it probably best when they said, a good kid from a good family who was a good footballer. And our thoughts are with all those who are affected by his loss. And it's been very, very heartwarming to see the response from across the football community. And I hope that in time, that massive outpouring of love can provide some solace to their family at this very sad hour. We'll remember Aidan. The Score with Michael Clark. It is now time on the programme to welcome our first guest of the week. What a match at Inver Park we are shaping up for later on. Lauren against Glen Torn and joining us from the Glens is their captain Marcus Kane to help us preview that game and reflect on recent weeks as well for the Glens after maybe a bit of a blip but we can come on to that. Marcus, good to have you on the show again. How are you? Yeah, dead on. Cheers, Michael. It's a big match. Um, they all feel so, so crucial at this stage. Um, what are you expecting in terms of what Lauren have to offer the league leaders? Well, you know, obviously they're coming off a, a disappointing result, so we're expecting them to be firing in all cylinders. And you know, obviously they're the top of the league and the the team to beat at the moment. So. Yeah, we're looking forward to it and we know we're going to meet a, a, a strong Lauren team down at Inver Park. Do you think people have given you enough credit for how your season's gone? I think when people look at it and, you know, when we look at it too, it's a, it has been disappointing, you know, from where we were in October and, you know, we had two, you know, semi-finals that were disappointing um, not to get into the final. Um, and then obviously we sort of got ourselves back into it at one one stage there and um, a couple of results let us down and it's been small margins but you know football's a game of small margins and um, all we have to do now is focus on, on getting as much points in the in the split now. How difficult is it kind of dealing with those frustrations because as you allude to it, it's sort of that so close but yet so far feeling? Yeah like it's 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 a tough one to take, you know, with being my testimonial season, you want to be a successful one on the pitch. Um, so it is, it's tough to take, but um, we've still got plenty to play for here in, in the next few games, so um, all eyes are, are focusing on Lauren now. Well, you've won your last three matches, so is there a sense that you're back on track? Yeah, well, look, again, I've always said, the last in, in our league, if you, if you win three games, it does boost you up the league, and you know it has done that, but I think if 
if we're looking to, to do something um, dramatic, uh, you, you would need to win the next three games to, you know, hold yourself in good stead. Um, but look, that's a pressure being a footballer, and, and all the teams are saying the same thing, and that's why the the split's so exciting, and um, there's a lot of results that go one way, and you know, it changes next week. So like, we're we're just excited for the next one, and um, hopefully, you know, they all line up um, coming into the next few games. And we're in that weird time of the season where people are kind of rooting on the rivals and all that because everyone has their own agenda. There'll be Linfield fans obviously focus most of all in their game against Crusaders, but actually having to come to terms with the fact that they want you to win on Friday night. Yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> sure it's a tough one to, for most Linfield fans to, to come around to. Um, but yeah, look, it's, it's one of them things where it's the way the league is set up to, to make it that much exciting and to make our product as I say more more uh, more watchable and more entertaining so like, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting um, to see who's supporting who come the, the last few games and um, it will be will be interesting to see Looking at it you're two points off third four points off second you're, I mean you're nine off Leaders, Lauren. I think you know to overhaul that would be an, a Herculean feat at this stage, Marcus. I wouldn't want to patronise you. It's mathematically possible, but it's a, you know as well as anybody. It's a, it's certainly a big ask. But you know, is it just finish as high up as you can and then sort it out afterwards? Yeah, hundred percent. Like it's just take as many points as you can from you know these next five games. Obviously, if you if you would if you would offer me five wins now, I would take them. But it's. Uh, <laughs> It doesn't work like that, so you know we have to we have to work hard for that, and we have to you know train well and prepare well for each game, and um and take each of them as a come. And obviously, all each every each game is different. You know we've got Lauren on Friday, who's a football side, and you know you've got then going to Linfield on the Wednesday, who it it may there may be a bit of football play, but obviously it's a derby as well, so there's going to be a different aspect of that. So every game's different, and. Um, every three points is different, so it'll be it'll be tough to get all five. But you know you're you're always hoping for for all five. Well, that's just that there's an extra dimension to your testimonial year. A match moved due to the visit of an American president. Um, things that you didn't expect at the start of the season. No, it's one thing you don't expect to hear that a match is moved for uh, the president coming. So yeah, it's a strange one. Um, it was a strange one when we were told. We were told just a you know a wee bit before it was released. Um, and we were everybody was looking at each other going like what's going on here mm. <laughs> is this is this for real but obviously it's to do with security and stuff and stuff that footballers don't really you know think about when you're going out um, to play a match no certainly not and with I mean we know what the, the, the split fixtures do you know they, they, they pit all the teams of similar ability against one another the top half of the table is so so competitive and then there's a it seems like a big jump to the bottom half uh, so it's unrelenting when it comes to this game there's if there was an easier fixture you're not going to find one at this point no definitely not and that's you know for, for each team it's it's not just the one team where you know, with times in the past where the team that was maybe finishing sixth and fifth were, you know, a good bit away. Mm-hmm. Um, but this year that they're all up around each other, and um, you can see just with the quality of football that Northern Ireland's bringing now, that's that's the way the you know the product's going and the way that the the teams are evolving, and it, it's good for the game. Obviously, it's not great for the bottom six teams, but like 
it's again that they all aspire to do better next year. It's, it's just the way football goes. I mean, great for the neutral, uh, hard for everybody else in the cut and thrust of it. Um, you've been in the league such a long time now, and, and ten of those years at the one club in Glen Torren, um, who you proudly captain. How much do you think the league has come on? I mean, you, you've played with some greats down through the years, so we're not saying there haven't been great players here for you know those past years, but just in terms of how the league has developed, what's your assessment on it? You know, I, I think it's great. You know, obviously money coming to teams is is a bonus for the whole league because if, if the teams start doing well in, in Europe, and um, it means more money, more people watching, um, you know, crowds will go up and I can just see the league just it just kept getting better and better and I'm fair play to the guys you know who who oversee it they've done a fantastic job and you know hopefully they can keep doing it and the quality of player keeps keeps coming Europe is huge not just for the prize money but for the prestige how much would it mean for you and the club to get back on the the European stage again yeah, look, it's it's a minimum for us when we whenever we started. If you you're thinking about targets, that's that's the minimum now. And um, it was a tough one last year the way we lost out. Um, so we'll be looking to rectify it, and you know we'll, we'll be wanting to get European football back to the old one. You know the fans have been craving that that trip away. Obviously, the you know with COVID and stuff, mm-hmm. previous times and. We, the last time we played was TNS. It was, you know, it was just over across the pond. So they do crave that that European away tie, and um, they they do let you know about it, especially when I'm visiting supporters clubs quite regularly. <laughs> Passionate fan base will go with. Yes, yes. <laughs> the, I mean, when you look at the last decade of Glen Torren, some really really hard times. Um, not as many highs as you would have liked um, what has the club meant for you and, and what has made you want to keep being at the club and keep trying to push the club on to in recent years talking about title challenges again um, where you know at one point people were just worried about keeping the lights on and getting into the car park yeah it was you know it was a turbulent time um, and I suppose I just wanted to repay the fans the fans were had been amazing you know day one when I set food and getting torn coming from Linfield, it was it could have went uh, either way. Um, uh, so well, so I've been told anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's one of them things where I I feel like you know I owe a lot to Glen Torn. Um, and like, I'll, I'll be currently I'll keep repaying them until I'm told them I'm not a Glen Torn player, and I'll probably still be repaying them, bringing them a wee lad the, the matches when I retire. So you can say I'm a Glen man for life now. <laughs> I don't think anyone will argue with that it was interesting, I'd read a, an interview given with the Irish News a little while ago talking about before Glen Torn the influence of Michael Hughes at Carrick Rangers what was it that, that Michael did that left such an impression on you because there's no doubt in your career has, has gone from strength to strength but um, I, I didn't realise he'd had such a big impact Yeah well I suppose looking back it was more to do of a grown up period for me whenever I still felt like it was a wee bit, you know, um, muddy cold when I was at Linfield. I was still sort of, you know, reserve team player. That was my sort of first team, first time I had the first team experience, um, going to a different club and, you know, always being in the first team. And um, obviously, 
Michael Hughes was the manager there who is I'm sure you've met him a few times. Oh I know Michael his, very his well. Char- his character is <laughs> is one of a like a, a tenacious one. It's it's similar to I would put it down to Roy Keane to be honest. And yeah. It was an it was an eye opener for me and it and it sort of made me grow up in football and um I think that was the reason why um when I when I actually joined Glentorn that a lot of player a lot of lot of fans and even players thought I was a lot older than what I was because of how mature when I was playing and, and when I, when I was off the pitch as well. But I do feel a lot of that came from, from Carrick, that stunted Carrick. And it's interesting how some people really respond to that as well because Michael had obviously an incredible playing career, really, really good knowledge of the game and still does. But he as you say, has that way of just saying things as they are, which you know, not everybody likes at times, um, and I say that with love, Michael, if you're listening. But clearly, <laughs> you were one of those people that was able to just take the, the what would we say, the constructive criticism on board. Yeah, and it's one thing that um, you know I've took throughout my whole career is like uh, you have to be willing to take the the negative as well as the positive, and um, it's just how you react to the negative. If if you let it consume you, you know you you can go into your shell. And, you know, it, it has happened to players, but for me, it was just to take that negative and turn it into something positive, and that was one thing that uh, Michael taught me, and um, it really did open my eyes to Irish League football, and you know what I could could do to affect it, and how I could put my stamp on it. He he told a great story in this program a few years ago when he was a, a young player himself, get got a move across to France. And he said, and for the first few weeks, they had us running through fields and doing all these sorts. Of, we never saw football. And then he was looking at the food they were eating and going, what in the name of goodness is this? So by the time he came back to England, all his English teammates were, you know, having a bit of a laugh and going, no, we're, we're on the chicken and the beer. What, what on earth are you doing eating your leaves? And he just had been exposed to this whole different thing. So... Um, He's had such a fascinating career, and and you can, I suppose, understand sometimes when he's going. I've experienced all these different things. How um, Irish league players could probably get in his nerves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do understand, and especially, you know, we were we were in a relegation fight at that stage, and you know, he wanted people to to show the passion, the commitment that he probably showed throughout his career. You know, we he did we did string a lot of players. It was was on loan, so it was it was a tough time for the club. But at that stage, we nearly we nearly did the miraculous, and I think it was maybe only a couple of points in it at the end mm. for the reach to playoff. But we were like twenty points or something when I first joined. It was it was quite similar to the Porta Down um, at the moment. Um, sort of, the, and we showed a bit of resurgence and in like some good results against Cliftonville and Glentorn. Um. Crusaders with with some cracking matches and I think there was even one Easter Tuesday that I remember that I scored in and we were getting beat four one by Glenavon and within ten minutes it was four each and it was a <laughs> just yeah. sort of put put the <laughs> put in the aspect of uh, like Irish League football in my eyes was just like it never say die that the, the whole team didn't want to go down but like we went down with a with a fight anyway and. Um, yeah, and I, I do. I would like to thank Michael for for his time at Carrick, and I did almost sign back, but lucky Addy Patterson sort of snuck in and got me over to the the Glens at the time. Worked his magic. Uh, was that the best goal you ever scored against Carrick Rangers? The one you know, the one at Taylor's Avenue for Glen Torman was 20, 2015, I want to say that off the top of my head. 
Yeah, I've scored. I've scored a few good ones now, but I would say that one would be the most recognised one of anybody. Well, what's your favourite? My favourite would probably have been the Lymphy one. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do get a lot of stick about the Lymphy one now because it was young, um, Moore and Nets, and I think Big Roy was out injured, and all the boys were saying <laughs> if Roy had to be Nets, he would have picked it out with one hand. So I do get a bit of stick about it, but. Yeah, it was one to remember. Obviously, it was my first goal against um, Linfield um, after all those years, and I had missed a few setters, so I had been getting a bit of stick about it. So I was glad I got a goal. Well, okay. Well, do you know what? I'm glad that you're saying that that is your favourite and not the one at Carrick, because I'll tell you, I've never admitted this publicly before. I was on radio the day you scored that goal against Carrick, right? And I dropped my pen on the floor, and I bent down to pick it up. This is gospel. I bent down to pick it up and heard a roar. Right from all the Glens fans, and what's See, happened? Missed I missed it. I missed it, and I'm on the radio, and I meant to tell everybody what's happened, and it's the only time oh. it's ever happened to me. And I turn around, so what happened? And someone says, "Moko's flicked the ball over a fella's head and volleyed it from 25, 30 yards into the top corner." And I went, "No, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, he did." And I so I go on the radio, "What a goal from Marcus Kane!" <laughs> As if I knew what on earth had happened, and someone was able to show me a replay a few minutes later. And I went. Okay, I've not been had on there, but it could have been done up a kipper. You know, it could have been a two-yard oh, yeah. tap, and I had no idea what had happened. <laughs> it's more likely to have been a two-yard tap, and to be fair, believe me, they scored. Funny how you are. So, no, it was a, an incredible, an incredible goal. Um, some amazing moments throughout the career. I mean, over four hundred appearances now for the club. Um, you know, let that sink in. Uh, do does it feel as long as it has been? No, it, it actually doesn't because I'm, you know, I'm only 31, so yeah. I feel like I've got a lot, a lot left in me. So to be at that marker at, at this age, I feel like I've, you know, I'm sort of only getting started. Um, I do. I would say to any young boy who's playing in the league at the moment, and just to let them know when you get to 25, after that it just everything goes so quick. So relish everything that you can, and um, you know that's what I'm doing now. I'm just taking it year by year you know trying to rack up as many appearances and you know try and get some silverware along with it Do you feel that you're you're close to that I know you know the Irish Cup in recent years and then the frustration of, of what happened you know the, the, the match with Newry City and all the rest of it. it it feels like you're not far off getting it very right but at the same time Glen Torren fans have probably got accustomed to if there's a way it, will, it can go wrong it will go wrong is, is that is that fair to say? Yeah, well, I can understand where you're coming from, but like, it, as footballers, you you can't really get hung up on that. That's the way I look at it. Is even if you do win in a season, that you need to just take a clean slate and look at the next year and not worry about what you've done before. That's one thing. Big Davy done it at Limfield a lot would be celebrate the night, enjoy the night, you know. But see, if come tomorrow, it's gone. It's next year you're worrying about. Um, so yeah, like I can understand where the frustration, you know, and how close we've been, but yeah, you have to just realise it. Um, you have to forget about that and go go for the next one that's in your sight. And Rodney McGarry obviously was someone that you had known anyway. He was part of the coaching staff, so it was kind of a natural transition, was it internally, just to have him step up and, and become the manager? He's he's an experienced manager himself anyway. We know that. Yeah, Rod done well. It, it's it is a tough one um, to do. Obviously, being around the boys and as a, as a different role, 
Um, but you could you could see the switch, and you could see that he he has switched his manager, you know, manager mode on, and um, but still with his you know his characteristics is, you know, he can he can chat to the boys and stuff, and you know get down to our level as well, you know, with, with playing the game and playing in Irish league. So, but look, he's he's a great manager, and um, hopefully one that can stay about and you know really put a stamp on the on the team and and on Glen Torn. With, you know, the run results that led to Mick McDermott departing, do the players feel any responsibility there, Marcus? I know that's not a particularly nice question, but uh, it's just something went very wrong very quickly, it felt like. Yeah, I do honestly feel feel, feel sorry for Mick because um, it was a tough decision for him to make. And um, I do feel like that... the run was going to change and I do feel like that Nuri City game would have changed you know whether it was Rod or, or Mick and um, it would have spurred us on to another run but it was a, it was a lot of pressure from the fan base and um, you know they've got voices that you know want to be heard and and fair play to um, to Mick and in my, in my opinion he, he stepped aside himself and um, it, it, it's a bold thing to do, and he done it for the for the good of Glen Torn, um, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, it's, it's obviously set say for um, Rodney to come in, and uh, you know we we got a bit of a boost, and we we went on a run, which was great. Um, but yeah, it was good to to see. Uh, Mick again uh, he came back and seen us a couple of times obviously he's away in Qatar and, and Dubai a lot so he's come back and you know it's all smiles and um, he just wants Glen Torn to be successful and you're not texting him now saying Moko in the Middle East has a ring to it you know any chance <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that I don't know <laughs> I don't know if my, my wife would try, would try and follow me I don't think <laughs> Uh, happy, happy where he is. As, as you said, a, a Glen man for life. Uh, big game later on against Larnan going down to that one as well. So, uh, look, best of luck for the remainder of the season, Marcus. Really good catching up with you, and appreciate yes, your yes. time. Thanks for coming on. All the best, all the best. Thank you. The score with Michael Clark. Now let us hear from the league leaders, Larn. Do they have what it takes to hold on? It's five cup finals. You'll get all the cliches at this stage in the season. It won't just be Lauren saying them, mind you. But very interested to hear a perspective on how things are going for the Invermen from a man who knows them very well. He's just got a promotion within the club too. Gary Haverin. Gary, how are you? How are you, Michael? Mate, you okay? Yes, I'm doing very well. Congratulations. Officially promoted to the senior coaching team. I think anyone that's been going to matches will say, Gary's never away from the ground. He's always helping <laughs> everybody. But, you know, officially full-time first-team coaching staff now. So, so congrats. Oh, yes. And it, it's, I'm, I'm very, very happy and out there to, to take on the position. I'm, I'm very grateful to for Kenny and for Tieran and that there for giving me the opportunity you know everybody's seen what's the direction Lauren's headed in in the last couple of years and, and and it's great to just be a part of it like you know whereas my role obviously primary when I came in was the academy director uh, now I'm moving towards the senior side of the club and, and, and getting more and more involved with them so listen it's been been a brilliant uh, experience for me running the academy for the club I've gained so much knowledge and experience 
but you know you always want to be at that cut and thrust and that there in the performance end of, of, of football like you I mean and, uh, and the lure of first team football is hard to turn down the academy job I mean how difficult must that have been Gary during you know COVID and a time when obviously very few people were getting to play football you're in you're wanting to enhance young people's pathways and I don't know where you just at that stage engrossed in theory and wishing for people to be back through the gates yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, you know, COVID obviously had a massive impact on kids in lots of different ways. You know, it wasn't a good, a good experience for anybody, even our coaches who were volunteers and getting them people back out and getting them back on the pitch. And that there was absolutely vital. Like, I mean, for people's well-being and mental health with young people, especially, um, it's been an unbelievable experience from the, from the kids at the club. You know, you can't on overlooking that there, Kenny's impact and learn that there as, as a community as much as as, as in football and what's it done in the Irish League um, our numbers now whenever I started in the, in the academy was in around 270 kids we're up over nearly 500 kids now you know what I mean and, and like this shows you the impact that has and, and the pride that they have in playing and pulling on the Lauren shirt you know and obviously our first team going as well as they do have been over the last sort of couple of seasons it's inspired kids to, to, to pull on the red shirt and, and for the first time in a long time you know Lauren's been able to attract kids from outside of the town with, with a bigger impact coming from, from local from surrounding areas and that there were people coming down and because of the fantastic facilities we have now down at Lauren, thanks to Kenny again, like you know, it, it's it helps us attract players, it helps us retain our best players, and, and now there's pathways into full-time football with our full-time scholarship program. So, no, there's been lots and lots of exciting things happen within our academy, and they continue to happen. Um, and it's been a, a wonderful experience to be a part of. You know, so hopefully in that day, in the next few years, you'll start really seeing the fruits of that, like I mean, the players getting opportunities to play senior football. There's lots of talented young people in, in and around this part of the world and when you look at Larne itself, there, there was sort of other places people could go to play their football. It wasn't just Larne Football Club. How, how much work went into trying to make the club the hub where all young people could come and, and you know try to excel and, and go on and have careers? No, absolutely. You no, know, we, we've always probably struggled not there to that regard, not there for retaining our best players, because whenever the lure of that there, we're not a massive town. It, it's a great town, like I mean, we're we're right on the sea, like so we are. So our catchment area now that we have to go inland because. We, we, our free sixty catchment area is half water, like you mean. So we we have to go into inland, and we have to go past Carrick and Ballyclare and into Belfast in order to attract players. And I suppose then the lure was always to go to the bigger established clubs, you know, the Linfields, Cliftonvilles, Glentorans, and that. There, the lure's always been there for the kids. So we've actually managed. We've always lost our stronger kids now, there because we maybe never always had the strength and depth and the numbers now, there because we're just not a big as a, a bigger town as, as as some other places, obviously. So retention became massive uh, and if you don't retain your best players then it's really hard to attract better players and so your recruitment then gets affected whereas Kenny now with the investment with having Inver Park is a brilliant facility for the kids to train out of for having the academy of sport up here in Adelaide I mean uh, uh, down in Lawrence sorry um, and having pathways now there into full-time football with our we got with 47 kids in full-time football doing alongside full-time education and it's expertise and the, the quality of people that, that Kenny invested in that there to get involved in this you know um, we have Keith O'Hara and Andy Mitchell who two two great Irish League players you know who are teaching our scholarship program every day and, and coach the kids and everything else and uh, you know that's the pathway now they're into a full-time football club you know so they're training full-time in order to get into our full-time environment in the first team the younger kids all the way through you know they, they, they love pulling on their Lauren kits you know there's a real sense of pride where maybe years gone by 
you would have pulled the Lauren shirt on to play and you know, that's the only time you would have pulled that shirt on was whenever you were playing during that 60, 70, 80 minutes or whatever it may be. But now and now there's a real sense of pride about wearing the Lauren badges and the merchandise and the branding and how the clubs have promoted itself and that there. It, it makes it a really, really big club to be a part of. And then the kids are starting to feel that there when they join Lauren Football Club, they've joined a big football club. And, you know, I don't want to talk at a level where we're, we're talking over heads or anything like that. And I feel like you've done a good job of explaining it. But in terms of having, because, you know, we all talk about pathways and things, but having the opportunity to come in at a young age, get experienced coaches coaching you rather than, I mean, you know, I think of my experience where, you know, maybe your mate's dad was taking coaching yeah. sessions and, 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 you know, God love them. All these different people that we can think of who have given so many hours of their life to just allow young people to get out and do sport. And I'm not knocking that for a second, but having experienced coaches helping people from a younger age gives them a higher ceiling to go on and develop in Northern Ireland. A hundred percent. You mean, and that's a big thing. And that you have to invest in your coaches. The, the people now there that are trusted to upskill the kids. Now there is important that they're they're of the highest caliber. We have and that there, I suppose, across the country. And that the volunteer parents and that, like, I mean, have become are absolutely vital. So there's no, there's there's always a place for volunteer parents. We absolutely need them people to get involved and, and go out and support in any way they can. Um, my coach does, I was actually the, the manager at Carrick and the manager at Glentoran but I was also the Lauren Youth 2010 coach as a volunteer you know my, my Alfie I coached his team and that there and I continue to coach his team alongside my brother and Stuart Pike and uh, we've been really lucky and that not every parent I suppose is lucky enough to, to sort of do that as a full time job to be a coach so it's really vital that there that we continue to upskill all the coaches that we have as volunteers but what Lawrence looked to try and do over the next couple of years is, is see how many professional coaches we can get into our environment so that we give the best chances for the kids to, to maximise their potential and I suppose that's the ethos of our entire club is that every kid out there who comes into our systems into our youth product that they maximise their potential and they reach the highest peak they could possibly can be it may be Premier Amateur League, Michael. It may be Premier League in England. But as long as kids are still having a lifelong involvement in sport and that they're maximising that potential, then there's more chances of us pushing them towards full-time football than Amateur League, I suppose, if we can get the expertise around them and really support them in the development, especially at that earlier foundation phase, so that they always have the support throughout their careers, you know. So um, the, the club are really, really lucky, I suppose, again, because of Kenny's investment, because of his constant striving to be the best that we can possibly be. Then upskilling our coaches and having the best coaches available out there to, to the club and out there is, is absolutely vital. And you look at it now from a Lauren perspective, Ryan Prentice has come in, Jeff Hughes yeah. and Albert Watson are going to have a big say in, in the young uh, people coming through the doors going forwards. Uh, it does feel like in that whole area, it's a very exciting time in Lauren. Yeah, no, I take it as a massive compliment, the fact that I've stepped away from the academy and I've hired three full-time people <laughs> to come into the new field of void. And not just three full-time people, I mean three absolute class acts. You know, Jeff Hughes was, was obviously a wonderful footballer, like you mean, and has so much knowledge and experience to give back to the kids. He's going to be such an asset to our to our kids now that they're coming through the academy. Albert Watson has been an absolute stalwart of, of Irish League football. He's had a, a fantastic professional career and over the last sort of 10 years, and an Irish League... Uh, league career and that they're starting back when he was 16 years of age so what what a guy and a role model to have within your academy to 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 support the young uh, young players and he's going to be heading up our under 16s there's, there's not too many full-time coaches taking an under 16 team in this country you know what i mean and, and not an a licensed coach like albert is and that like you mean so we're incredibly lucky that kenny sees not just 
the playing side of the boys not there but their life beyond football you know and he's absolutely vital now to get these boys back involved it's the same as Andy Mitchell Keith O'Hara brilliant brilliant coaches absolutely first class coaches but brilliant people to have your kids not there be around you know what I mean they, they've been there they've done it they know exactly what it takes not there they reach the highest standards you know and they, they push the kids not like to me but they're incredibly empathetic with them they understand that the ups and downs of football it means so having people in key positions and Kenny investing in the right people is absolutely key Ryan coming in to head up our elite development phase and that I mean it's is really really important too because Ryan comes from that background of, of structure and, and organisation and everything else and that and he's going to put that around these kids as well like I mean and, and hopefully attract more coaches who want to come down and be a part of this here, you know, and get involved in, in what they want to make is a very, very professional environment for our kids. So you're, you know, as we know, first team coach here. So let's talk about the first team. This is a yeah. uh, big, big game, Glen Torren. Um, they're all big games from here on in. Uh, your thoughts, first of all, going into the match, you'll, you'll not need much homework done on the Glens. Yeah, listen. At this stage now, you're playing against the, the, the other five best teams in the country. Like you I mean, so you know they're a class act. You know the heavy investment Glen Torren have had in their players and everything else. Like you I mean, it's well documented. They're a class act. They're a very, very good team and that. Like you I mean, of, of very experienced players. You know what I mean? But we're in the position we're in because of what we've done. We're in here now there because we're there on merit. It's not happened by mistake or anything else. Not there. And we're now at the business end of the season where. It is all about, you know, keep doing the things that we've done to get us in this position, keep pushing forward, you know what I mean, be as positive as we possibly can and and, and that's what we're aiming to do, you know, there's, there's nothing going to change about what it is we've done, to got, what's got us here and out there is stood by us and out there and that's what we're looking to do in these last five games against every team and we know ourselves now, like if, if we look after our own results and we do what we do, nobody can catch us and nobody can beat us, you know what I mean, we're sitting there with that five point gap and that, like, I mean, and, and, uh, and we know when that, if we take care of ours results there's nothing anybody else can do about it this is the territory where everybody you know says it's learned to lose um was it a wobble against Balamina United the Irish Cup exit I'm sure it was a stinging loss there's no doubting that Balamina United were the better team on the night but what from Lauren's point of view what went wrong yeah listen one-off games now there can be like that you know it was Balamina's whole season in a, in a, in a game right you know what I mean I, I suppose not they're given the season that they've had you know, they have like you mean so they came out now there and they were right up for it and it wasn't like we weren't up for it you know we can see the two set pieces now there which been very much unlike us oh, this season now you mean we, we've been very very consistent we've been very very good uh, at both ends and that like so we have of not conceding goals now there and it was like a very unlike us performance it was but that's maybe a wake-up call we maybe need it like you mean for these last five games and that there it's, it's a short of reality like you mean that if you don't perform on the day and that day you, you know anybody's capable of beating anybody in this league so it is so uh, yeah I hope over the next five games and that there that that was a, a painful lesson that we learned like you mean and we'll hopefully take that lesson out there into the next five games you have 20 points more this season than at the same same stage last year I mean if anyone needed a metric to point to improvement that's it yeah no I think in that there, like, because of the nature of the club that we're at there's there's constant searching in that like you mean for to, to improve 
about areas not there of of of, of way we can evolve not there and improve not there and on on and closing that gap and that there towards where the Blues were and what was the fundamental problems that we had last year and how do we address them. So, you know, that's down to good recruitment. It's, it's down to uh, addressing a few mistakes that we made last year and, and really looking over everything that we done last year with a fine-tooth comb and, and going through it and then saying, yeah, this is the area that we need to improve on. This is what we've done well. How do we get better at doing that? Like, you mean, and, that, and that's very much where Kieran's mindset is and mentality he, he never stops searching for improvement he never stops looking for we gains that we can get in anything that we do you know so going from the people that we bring in to look after your nutrition through what we feed the boys through what we do in strength and conditioning they, they're very much you know, football's become very much a science so gone all the days now that the boys would rock up run around the pitch a couple of times and get straight into it like <laughs> I mean rather than like, you know your, your prehab and your activation you know you, you you know that's the way the game's evolved and, that and, and the manager and that there's very very driven to find every little kind of area of improvement we possibly can so I suppose that's that's been the biggest the biggest thing that we, we sat down at the not even at the end of last year before that like I mean it was probably before the split last year we did and we sat down and we looked at areas now that we felt we were we were falling short on like you mean and we tried to start addressing it then you know and and we did that over the summer with our recruitment now then we've taken it into this season so with the players because you know winning winning a league title would mean everything for people in Larn. you know the yeah. club has never ever done it I, I know I'm talking to you and you know this but but it's con- <laughs> it's contextualizing everything how do you keep everybody because you'll come into interviews and turn in and well, and I get it and understand and go next game is the most important and one game at a time and da 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 da. But how do you keep the players laser focused like that? Because I think it's only human to go, oh, we need to win today. We can't afford to do this, etc., etc. Yeah, I think you know that when you when you believe very much just in the process and that, like you mean everybody. I know it's very cliche, Michael, not there, and I know you want me to say something maybe slightly different, but <laughs> it's very much not there. Keep doing the things that put you in this position. Keep doing them as well as you possibly can, and that, like you mean, to the best of your ability, and that's what's put us here. So it is, is by every day, now there are people training to their maximum, people pushing themselves to be better, people making sacrifices, not there because people see the glamour side of football they don't see the sacrifices that players have to make the things that they have to miss out on you know not taking alcohol like eating the right foods not there getting your right amount of sleep being a little, living a little bit of a boring life I suppose not there to a certain degree though it is but the rewards are are, are unbelievable the, 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 the car at the end of it is worth so much sacrifice you know I, I was never lucky enough not there to win the league in my career so it wasn't but um these boys have an opportunity in that there to, to cement Lauren and history in that there forever. They'll always be ever forever remembered in that there as the first team ever to, to do it. Like, you know, and, and you have to start somewhere. You have to win a first title to win ten, to win twenty. And that starts with that first one, like you mean and and where we plan to be around for a very long time up here challenging for the right end of the trophy uh, for, for trophies at the right end of the league so we are so you know we're not planning on going away anytime and I'll be a one hit wonder so we got to start somewhere not there and, and getting over the line would mean so much to the people of this town you know I'm born and bred in this town Michael like you mean and, and, and I was tired of the town being a bit of a punchline of a joke you know I've, I've said that a couple of times not there you know the best thing about Lawrence boat out of it and everything else a lot of people had that opinion of Lauren that like you mean but not the people who live in it people who live in it is incredibly proud of it this football team has given us a real sense of pride a real sense of togetherness not there and it's galvanised a, a town that there that probably needed it and that's what the impact that Kenny Bruce has had and I think that's what he always wanted you know Kenny's said a number of times if it was just football 
then it wasn't what that was really primarily about. This was given back to the town that he, he felt he gained so much from with the people, the kindness, the caring nature of the people that we have down here in the town. And this is what he wanted to give back to them, that this this sense of hope and, and pride in that there and, and representing the town, you know. So that's what these players have brought. And, and that's what in that there, there has to be their motivation to get over the line. And well, I mean, you can hear the passion. You you very eloquently summed up. I think the whole mood around the place. Um, is there any butterflies in the stomach? Because we're you, you're so close to doing it, Gary. Yeah, no, it's not butterflies. No, listen, I, I suppose not. There, I have the hindsight of working with these boys and knowing how hard they work every day. There's a great deal of belief in what they're doing. There's a great sense of that there that they're capable of making this happen. I mean, I don't see, I feel any nerves around the place. I think it has to be excitement. This is an exciting opportunity, you know. We're so privileged and so fortunate to work in football. It, it never passed on me, Michael. I mean, I never felt I would have the opportunity to work in full-time football in Northern Ireland. You know, I mean, I came out of full-time football when I was in my early 20s, you know, and I thought that would be it. I would never get the chance in that there to go back into full-time football. I sit in an environment in that there every single day where I love coming to work. I love coming into the cliff and that, like, you know, the Lauren Academy of Sport and that there and what we have to offer here in my hometown. It, it's like pinch yourself stuff like it really is it's fairy tale stuff you know what I mean and we're living it every day like you know so we, this is an incredibly privileged position you find yourself in this isn't pressure this isn't people not there that are struggling to make ends meet or people that, that you know can't get a job or are really kind of financially under pressure or whatever else in this this climate in these days this is a privilege this is an honour like I mean this is excitement not there and I think you know, if the boys go away with that same mentality that they've had up to this point they won't be far away like you mean they're more than capable of getting over the line and, and, and I just hope that they're like I said that they, 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 they deal with it in the way they, they have done so far and, that and they keep striving for that excitement and that, and that sense of opportunity and that there that's ahead of them and stepping away from Lauren and just an overview now for my final question the positivity is is palpable there in terms of not just what you can see at your club but what you can see in this country with football how much more can we improve and is there anything that you know if you had a magic wand you would love to change yourself tomorrow to try and give everyone you know a big step forwards yeah i think there's 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 a sense of that like for me niffle was a massive chain turning point in that there within within the league you know niffle not just saying that because one of my best mates Stephen mills works there right do you know what I mean but the work that him and andy johnson and the, and the and the real kind of just focus in on the irish league has been massive the marketing the promotion of it you know we've just got a new sponsor there with sports direct you know that it's huge that we never felt that we were going to be a full-time environment that they're here in this country, that it was always said to be that the Irish League would have played source, not second fiddle to the IFA and at the, the international football, but the international football was what they were about. You know, I mean, the, so the domestic kind of level got somewhat overlooked a little bit, in my opinion, Michael. Now there's a dedicated members of staff and dedicated people now there that their sole ambition is to focus in on the Irish League. You've got great people now there around all the different clubs across the country. Like, you know, I, I look at all the different people. I look at all the, uh, the the chairman, the people who work in the background of all the different football clubs that we go to. There's some unbelievable expertise there, and they're all driven that there to do the very best they can for their club. You know, if they all feeding that information into Niffle and, and Jared Lawler and Millsy and people like that, they are taking that information on board. They're really pushing that there, like, I mean, the, the boundaries of how, how much reach our club, our, our, our league has. You know, the, the, the BBC and that, they're really getting massively involved in putting games on and the, the different kind of networks and that, they're 
really kind of showcasing what it is that we do. The grounds are improving all the time. Obviously, the study of funding that there would be massive, Michael. I think that would be huge. Not there, we can get more money released not there for our stadiums, and we can improve not there the facilities not there to give kids uh, and families a, a better night out not there and a better product not there that makes it more family orientated and family friendly and they're, they're warmer and more inviting environments. Then all of a sudden, then I do mean then you get more people sitting in these turnstiles. There's more money coming into the gates, which will hopefully I mean more clubs not there will get opportunities to go full time. You know what I mean? So the stadium money, if I had a magic wand, I would release all that money and let every club and that there do what they possibly can to upskill their facilities or up up uh, up upgrade their facilities. Sorry, I do mean if they can do that, then it's going to be huge not there for the for the product and that there and and it's so exciting this Irish league there's there's not too many leagues in that there across the country in that there where you're looking at it where there's potentially four or five clubs can still win your your your, your title you know the European football is massive and everything else for the investment in the league so we're moving in the right direction make a like you mean give Niffle more resources give them more opportunities keep showcasing the games that there we've got a great product we've got real exciting players coming through the league and more kids coming into the league in that there is development and, and more kids moving across from England going to England going to Scotland the Irish League it, it, it's never been better it's never been more exciting that like you mean and, and it's it's a great product to be a part of I'll tell you what I think I've just found a new uh, energy source if we could plug into Gary Haveron <laughs> we'll be doing well we wouldn't need electricity anymore we could power a few cities on you Gary um, see I love See Lisa around the house. She goes not there. I wish you would be like that around the house. Sorry, Lisa, you're making a bit of passion into sorting out that garage with this lamp full of junk at the minute. You know. Well, now we know why you've you've no energy by the time you get home. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hard working man, but Gary Haven, really great to have you on the show. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks for having me, Michael. Thank you, Paul. The score with Michael Clark. Okay, time to turn our attention to Glenavon and joining us on the programme now is a man who is in blistering form this season. Lots of goals and that's been helping his team on their way. They're fighting to make that seventh spot their own and then get into the European playoffs. It is Matthew Fitzpatrick. Matthew, great to have you back on the show. Thanks, Michael. Good to be on. And let's talk about those goals right off the bat. 15 Premiership goals in 30 games. That's some return. Um, I know I actually didn't realise uh, that it was that it only played 30. I thought I'd play more. So um, I'm delighted with it, to be honest, so far. Uh, obviously, they can get a few more in a run-in and score as many as possible. But keep being told, that's my job in the team, so couldn't be that delayed. Well, when you look at it, you know, third season now at the club the last two seasons it was 13 league goals in each campaign so you've bettered those already and we've been seeing you wear the armband so talk about stepping up you're doing it in all fronts uh, I know I, the, the armband thing's a funny one actually because Tony Wallace has been the captain but Mark Hockney's obviously the captain he's injured long term and Annie Wallace is uh, the captain but he was suspended for injured I'm not even sure and we've won so guys kept me on Um so I'm under pressure <laughs> keep it going <laughs> but uh, no it's been good um, it hasn't changed much to be honest um, I think Danny was only the captain because we slag him he bought his uh, he bought a Glen Avon jacket with a Spen local voucher last year so Gary was the captain <laughs> <laughs> love that so hold on now does that mean you're giving team talks how, how seriously are you taking this <laughs> no absolutely not um, maybe he should come on before we go out but <laughs> No team talks uh, from the idea of Atlamore. 
experienced boys like uh, Sean Ward, Mike O'Connor, and Lemons. Would they be the ones, obviously, apart from the manager himself, to say what's needed when it's needed? Uh, they're just they've done they've been there and done it to be fair. So I think everyone respects them um, a lot. Uh, so when they do give their their, their opinion, all the boys are really really uh, appreciate and respect it. So we don't have too many people um, talking to be honest because there's nothing worse sometimes than having too many voices. So mm-hmm. Gary obviously says his piece and Maggers will say his bit, but apart from that, guys, uh, there's one there's one or two, but that's it. With Conor McCluskey on the show a few weeks ago and he was talking about Paul McAreevy pretty much telling him the goal he was going to score before he was sent on the pitch to score it. Uh, sometimes it's those little valuable nuggets that you get from the coaching staff that can make a difference. Um, we always talk about Gary Hamilton. We've had him on the programme. What about Paul McAreevy's influence behind the scenes? What's he like? Uh, McAreevy is brilliant. He's... Uh... He's been really helpful to me personally. Obviously, he's, he lives close enough to me, and I, th- I didn't know him before joining them, but he's, he's really looked after me since I've been here. Um, and brilliant fella, obviously, been there, done it, won the lot in terms of the actually, he knows what's required, but he, he's also a really good people person in terms of knowing what's required for players and personalities. And um, he is brilliant, he, he fills me with confidence, and I'm sure it's the same for a lot of other players. And takes me down a peg or two when I need it as well. <laughs> I know. Well, that's very good of you to be able to recognise that in yourself. Not everyone knows it need, is needed occasionally. <laughs> yeah, I know. I try, I try not to, but them boys are quick to remind you. Just if you do have a stinker, you miss one. <laughs> um, but you're all character building, isn't it? Most certainly is. In terms of your goal tally, you mentioned the word confidence. Is it confidence? Is it growing into, I guess, a better understanding? Because we spoke about it before when you're on the program. You know, you're a bit of a latecomer to the Irish league scene, but you've you've absolutely established yourself now. Is it confidence? Is it growing into just what a striker's needed to do in this league? What do you think? has really attributed to not just being able to replicate season on season what you're doing but actually start to add to it and improve on it I think it's just uh, it's repetition and what is one part of it um, being in the situation more often and then I think the other part is just learning new parts of the game like Gary would say to me about the type of runs we make and attacking we'll get across the front post or when the ball's in a certain position and I remember when Andy Waterworth was was uh, at us last year, he had to give me a bit of advice on having a finish in your head before you've shot. In terms of when you're when you're through on goal, rather than making your mind up as you're about to hit it. So all those things, and as you do it more and more, and every as you play more games, you just you just become a wee bit more confident and settle down a bit. And I obviously you still miss I still miss plenty, um, too many. But uh, it's just sort of that, that repetition and the hours spent. It's a really interesting insight into what it takes and everyone's trying to better their percentages and as I say, if you look at it and you say, well, at this stage in the season to have 15 goals in the in the league and I know you've you've cup goals that you can add in that as well. Uh, it's a, it's a, a handy position to be in. You can see why, um, you know, the certainly when you pick up a newspaper around January, your name was mentioned a lot. Uh, does that uh, disrupt you in any way? Does that turn heads or, or how do you how do you deal with all that sort of stuff and the interest that naturally comes when you're playing well? Uh, I don't really because to be honest, I can't. Do you know what I mean? It's sort of as crazy as it sounds. Nothing to do with me um, because I'm obviously a Glen Avon player. I just focus on playing for Glen Avon. The interest is obviously 
nice to hear, but nothing ever has ever came of it, and nothing's ever happened. So I don't really, it doesn't really, it doesn't really sort of play my mind at all. Um, I'm really enjoying it. I'm playing album. It's been really good to me, um, and hopefully long may continue that I'm that I'm playing well. See, I mean, and, and you can you can not answer this if you don't want to, Matthew. If I'm asking too much of a personal <laughs> question, but does does full time football appeal to you? I, I'm just thinking because obviously you've a career uh, outside of football, so you know it doesn't suit everybody. Well, I'm obviously a teacher at the minute, so it, it doesn't suit time wise. But I think everyone's dream is to be a full time athlete or a full time footballer, isn't it? Um, and it's a hard thing to turn down, but. In, in my position it is and there's other people like me in the league and, and, and I know my team who've got a job where it's a full it's a full time job and it wouldn't be suitable I, I've never even really given much thought because I've never been in a situation where I've had to make a decision if that makes sense um, a couple of years ago I was playing Gaelic obviously and hadn't played football in years so it was in my career choice I didn't even consider full time football um, so I'm happy at the minute sort of teaching and playing part-time but you never know what the future holds I suppose I know what are you doing with the wee bit of extra time you have now because obviously I mean what was it three four nights a week when you were when you were playing for Antrim and stuff you didn't really have much free time I wouldn't have thought no and you know what that's probably one of the biggest attractions for me with football I've loved it um, I think as you get as you get older like my mates who are still playing Gaelic and who are 28, 29, 30 are we're finding it harder now to keep up with the demands of, of the county game. Train them four or five nights a week. It's harder on their body, and I'm I'm not feeling that, frankly. Um, but I just love the freedom that comes with football in terms of people's attitudes towards it, and even uh, their attitude towards winning or and losing is just totally different than than Gaelic. Um, and I've I've loved it. What do you mean different? That's an interesting observation. Just with with the Gaelic, it's a lot more intense. I think a lot more intense. Um, the way the amount of, the amount of time it's put in, <clears throat> and sometimes that doesn't. I don't think it means it's better or they're working harder. I don't. I don't really buy in that. I think football they work a lot smarter. Um, we're prepared. We train Tuesday, Thursday, and we prepare to be in the best shape we can for Saturday. Whereas with the Gaelic, and especially in the county season, their boys are flogged three, four nights a week, and when it comes to the matches. I don't even know if they're in the best condition they could be in because they put in so much work during the week. If that makes sense, um, and just a lot more, a lot more pressure I feel on the on the GA game, and it's strange because it's amateur and obviously Irish League football isn't. You'd think it'd be the opposite, but I just think the football has the balance done really well. When you're there, you learn to work hard, and the night before match and two nights before match, you look after yourself, eat the right foods, um, so that you're ready to. Prior, but with the GA, it's just a lot more serious and a lot more time consuming, and it can be drilled mentally. When you look at how things have been in, in recent weeks, it seems like something has clicked at the club. You know, the season had been quite frustrating in, in parts. You've got yourselves on a on a good run, getting those wins together at a vital time. Um, do you believe now you, you've you've nearly got the job done in terms of seventh place? Obviously, four points better off than Carrick Rangers at the moment. No, definitely not. Craig or Craig are a great side. They sh- should have beat us the last time. Fed us. Um, we have to go there again. It will be a big game um, with five other or four other big games. Sorry, so that's four points to nothing. I feel at this stage, and 
in terms of us, with how things have changed, I think now when we pick up more clean sheets because we're forcing to have a very good goalkeeper and a good defence, we're picking up more clean sheets and then we're winning games because we're not conceding as many goals. One goal is winning as a game like it did the other night. It just breeds confidence. Um, so I don't even really think it's down to like a switching system or a style of play. Of course it is, but the main thing uh, is that we believe we can keep clean sheets and that that's obviously comes from having a good defence and a brilliant keeper. Yeah, you look at that league run now, you've won your last four games, you're unbeaten in your last five, and only Corain able to score against you in those five matches. So, I mean, that really, really points to having figured out that. Uh, and the, the clean sheets, we, we, I think Rory Brown's going to have a nice scrapbook at the end of the season. The newspapers seem to get all the lovely photos of him diving left, right and everywhere. But, uh, you know, joking aside, he, he has pulled off some worldies at times, and that can be the difference. No, here it's it's like enormous. Um, we say I, I remember when you know, Paris Hack was at Chelsea and Jose Mourinho was saying a good keepers run twelve points a season. Where he's probably saved us more. Um, it gives us gives you confidence as a team. One when you're defending that even if you are breached defensively, you have a really good keeper who, who's in a really good chance of stopping um, whatever chance comes away. And I'm delighted for him because he, he put in some unbelievable performances at the start of the year, and we're still conceding. I think, he had two, I think he had one or two clean sheets after Christmas there, so he's been cra- all he does is crab at it, so it's good that he's <laughs> added an extra couple on. Well, well, I'm glad that he's he's a happier man now. Um, it shows you how hard he's working to try and do his part. In terms of the games ahead, uh, immediately, Duncan and Swifts, uh, the, the Friday night match, all, all the matches Good Friday, of course, that's a home game. Um well, you've lost your last two against the Swiss. People might not realise that unless they're Glenavon fans. Granted, both of those were at Stangmore Park, but um, they haven't been easy opponents despite their league position. No, they haven't. And their, their league position is actually harsh. I know that might sound stupid, but we've played them a couple of times and they've been very, very good. Um, so we're, we're, we don't look at them as a team at second bottom of the league or <coughs> in the relegation playoff. That's because they've beat us twice. We look at them as a team that have beat us twice. Um, and we need to be on top of our game to beat them. And it's they're massive games for us. Dungan and Freddy, Balamina and Tuesday. Um, then heading into the playing character or rivals for this same spot. So we're t- we're under no illusions that it's going to be a really tough game. Um, just as tough as the last couple have been against the Glens and and Uri and stuff. So we're we're fully focused on the on the run in here um, and the last five games this season, getting ma- as many points as we can. And the last thing you'll want is um, to, to drop any points before that carrot game, the carrot game, penultimate game of the season. Uh, there's There's been a talk about you know the way the fixtures are moved around, but I mean, that second last weekend has got, at least at the moment, it looks like all the tasty ties, doesn't it? Because you've kind of got top, middle and bottom all facing off. Yeah, and I think they've all done a great job this year in terms of in the last couple of years and promoting the league and those ties will be massive. I would say the crowd at them will be as big as they've been this season um, at, at, at every stage of the league, uh, which is brilliant for the league. And it's good for players. You want to play in big games. You want to play in exciting games um, with big crowds. That's why people play the game. So it's 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 been really good. Hopefully, um, we'll come out on the right end of it and hopefully we get in the seventh place from those, that second or, or last game this season. Getting seventh, as we know, doesn't guarantee Europe by any means. It just gets you into the playoff, and then yeah, you have to go from there. But on a on a personal note, how much would it mean to you 
to if we're not saying it's going to happen we're not saying it's not going to happen but if you were somehow able to get into Europe what would that experience be like do you think Oh, it would be it would be amazing. Um, it's obviously a really good pass going into the playoffs and playing at least two games against quality opposition. Um, and the playoffs are a really really tough pass. We've been there the last few years. We know how hard it is. But it's it's a dream for a club. It would be massive for everyone around the club. Um, and the players too. And Glenn has obviously been there a couple of years ago. Um, on a few occasions. And it's a chance to play against obviously foreign opposition. Chance to play in the, the Conference League, which I'm sure players try there for. For when long after the retire I'm just thinking the directors of the club are already thinking we need to hire a few minders if those boys go to Europe uh, <laughs> uh, a few, more, than, more than a few I'd say a few people not allowed to go <laughs> and would that be at home or would that be with, with the club to make the decision maybe don't answer that the <laughs> club just wouldn't want them letting them down <laughs> uh, Matthew great to talk to you um, congratulations on a very good season personally and uh, well five games to go for the team as a collective to make it a very good season for everybody um, you know when all is said and done to get yourselves into that position you want to be in I know it's, it's sort of the, the expectation you look at and you go 7th and you've aspirations to try and break into the top half but uh, well, well we'll see where it takes you next year in that conversation but for now thanks very much for coming on to the score thanks Michael talk to you later The Score with Michael Clark great to speak to Matthew Fitzpatrick a big thank you to him and to our guest Gary Haverin from Larn and Marcus Kane from Glen Torren. I hope you have a lovely Easter weekend whatever you have in store and we'll be back here next week to do it all again so from me to you all that is left to be said is enjoy your weekend of sport bye bye